0: I mean, one of the underlying reasons why we're building this is to help New Zealanders build better houses.
1: Homestyle Green, episode 56. What is the ideal house? G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is your host, Matthew Cutler-Welsh. And this is the place for talking about making better homes. If you are a designer or a builder or someone who's passionate about creating a house that's better than most then this is the podcast for you. Now this week I'm very pleased to bring you an interview that I've just finished with Murray Durbin and Murray and his wife are building the ideal house and I'll let him explain a bit about what that is. But suffice to say, it's a very exciting project for a number of reasons, and it's underway and will be completed probably in May this year, 2014, in Auckland. Before we get into that, though, I am very excited to share a little bit of listener love and I had a great email from Matthew, um, great name, by the way. Uh, and Matthew says, great to hear you back on the air. I've only just finishing finished listening to your back catalogue a few episodes um, before the Christmas break. Thanks, Matthew. I really appreciate that. And uh, he goes on to say, I am an environmental engineer. Uh, so he obviously has a bit of knowledge about uh, the impacts on the environment of things like building and the way we, we live. Um, but... His interest in the show, he goes on to say, we're at the level uh, we're applying. But this is for their house that they're designing. We're applying passive house principles, without going to the full certification, blow door test, triple glazing approach, which gets very tricky in the New Zealand market. Uh, That's all re- very relevant to today's interview, Matthew. One of the biggest goals is to build an extremely high performance home that also looks good, but is done on a budget that is realistic for most people and using methods that a typical Kiwi builder can cope with. This is to be an example for others about what can be done and which the average Kiwi home builder can follow. We're about five years into the planning phase and now just have to fight fight the planning battle with the local council. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, very topical, like I said, for today's interview because that is... A lot of what Murray and his wife have experienced, but um, yeah, wow, five years to to plan a house. Uh, interested in other people's thoughts on that. How long has it taken you to plan your house and, and how long are you willing to spend? How long should you have to spend uh, thinking about planning, designing, redesigning? Um, Anyway, Matthew goes on to say there's certainly a lot of challenges posed by the limitations of the New Zealand market. We are trying to limit the use of plastics, including polystyrene, which raises some issues with both high-performance insulation and getting high-performance windows at an affordable rate. We've gone to great lengths to balance thermal mass with insulation and natural ventilation and one of the problems we've come across is exactly what you're looking at in this episode. Now what Matthew's referring to there is the fact that I said I was going to talk about uh, fly screens because I indicated last week that fly screens I think are bizarrely rare in New Zealand and are critical to good passive ventilation because they allow you to Uh, open up the house during the during the nights uh, particularly and not have to worry about moths mosquitoes flies all those sorts of things very common in australia and a lot of other parts of the world but for some reason just don't do them here anyway uh, matthew finishes off very interested to see what um, how i approach that problem haven't done it yet sorry matthew we'll get on to that keep up the good work our plans have already incorporated a number of solutions we've picked up off your podcast Thank you, Matt, for sending that in. I really do appreciate it. It uh, can be a bit strange sitting down here in the studio talking to a big yellow microphone. So it's awesome to know that um, it's helpful for some people. So please do uh, send other feedback in. can be positive and constructive as well. And also if you've got potential solutions for people like Matt and others in his situation... Uh, then send those in as well because the there are lots of solutions out there for, for many of the issues that, that Matt raised in his email. Comments at Homestyle Green, would love to hear from you. All right, that's enough of that. Let's get stuck into today's interview. This is Murray Durbin and his Ideal House. All right, so today I'm very excited to have with me Murray Durbin from Ideal House. Thanks for joining us, Murray. No worries, Good evening. So let's jump straight into it. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're doing what you're doing?
0: Sure. um i uh, I'm married with uh, two young children, uh, six and three years old. Uh, I've been in the building industry all of my life uh, since leaving school at uh, seventeen. Uh, I spent sort of ten years in in exporting and international trade, and then uh, worked for a couple of merchants, boarding merchants uh, being mitre ten and Carters. Uh, and uh, you know through that involvement through those boarding merchants got introduced into uh, into sort of eco-building and energy efficient building.
1: Wouldn't imagine that would be the forefront of some of those big brands uh, until maybe recently?
0: I'd probably suggest that it's still not a forefront. Uh, and, you know, the types of products which I was working on were, I guess, you know, sort of leading edge, I guess, at the time. Um, but, uh, you know, it will come, I think, that the, the major merchants and distributors will need to look more and more at the uh, energy efficient products and solutions as we, as we move forward.
1: So why have you chosen the path that you're on now?
0: I guess I was first introduced into uh to eco housing um, through a concept called or not a, a, I guess a system called passive houses. Yep. Uh probably around about 7 years ago now by uh, a man called uh, Thomas van Ramstock who as yep. uh, a German building physicist uh, who's living in New Zealand had moved to New Zealand and was you know was bringing ideas and and philosophies out of uh, out of Europe uh and uh, he introduced me at the time to airtightness uh, which was a um i guess a building system uh and then onto uh a lady called Paola Liadini at the uh, University of Auckland uh, she was working with her uh her partner Manfredo uh, in the school of architecture and they also introduced me to, to passive housing being a you know a german uh, type mm-hmm. of, of building uh and then it sort of blossomed and grew from that point
1: Right, so obviously a lot of international influence there.
0: Yes, you find that people moving uh, to New Zealand and Australasia out of North America and Europe uh, come down here and, and move into our houses and experience our housing stock, uh, and then find out pretty quickly that it's uh, you know below. I wouldn't say world standards, but I'd say below leading. It's pretty rubbish. Uh, it's it's pretty average. If you go to Vanuatu, it's pretty yeah. nice. If you go to um, you know parts of North America and Europe, it's it's pretty average. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, your project is the ideal house. For those that haven't seen it, can you describe the basic concept?
0: so the basic concept is uh, is to build a very uh, highly performing home, uh, which we are aiming for a certified passive house uh, as well as a very high rated uh, home star. So we have a design rating of of eight for a home star design. Uh, and the idea is to prove that we can build one of these and out uh, of materials mostly you know, sourced from New Zealand, mostly sourced locally uh, as, as much as we can, and then share the, the experience, of the learnings, the, the things we did well, the things we didn't do well, uh, and also the costs as well. Uh, you know, the costs, you know, there's been a lot of discussion in the, in the industry about how much more does it actually cost to build a high-performance house? yeah uh so through the process we you know we're sharing uh, all of these learnings on our blog and and soon we'll be publishing actually how much does it cost to build one of these homes
1: Have you got an answer to that yet
0: i mean we we had a budget uh which we are probably about ten percent over that that budget uh mm. and we're working very hard to stay no more than than that ten percent uh in terms of uh, building in Auckland, I know it does vary around the country, but you know for a single level uh, brick and tile, um, pretty mainstream building company. You'd be looking around eighteen hundred to nineteen hundred dollars a a square meter for the for the home. Uh, moving so that, up to a, that's,
1: of, that's build cost.
0: Yes, that's build cost, not land uh, land cost or landscaping. Yep. yep. Uh, moving up to a second story, two story home. You're pushing more like sort of two thousand dollars a square meter yeah uh and then if you're going for something more architecturally designed or, or bespoke you you know you're looking sort of you know anywhere between two and a half three plus um in terms of this home the ideal house uh you know the the goal was to build it for about two thousand dollars a square meter uh we are on track at the moment to build it for around about two thousand two hundred mm-hmm. um bearing in mind that we have a number of service and and, and product sponsors to help us achieve that um, but also bearing in mind that we've spent a lot of money on design and engineering and learnings that we can share. So I think if you were to replicate our house uh, once we're finished, then you'd be looking around that, around the $2,200, 2300 uh, per square metre.
1: So there'd be savings in the fact that you've done a lot of work already, but there'd be an extra bit of extra cost because some of your products have been subsidised, is that Correct.
0: Yes. Yes. Some of our products have been uh, supported, uh, and some have been donated. Some have been discounted,
1: Uh,
0: and uh, for that, the home will be open for uh, for a minimum of two years. And you know, that's that's a key thing of the house. We're we're opening it up to the public, to to tradespeople, to builders, sparkies, um, you know, even plumbers to some degree. We've got some you know some things in there that are a little bit innovative, uh, as well as the general public to come and actually see and experience what a um, what an eco house actually. Feels like and sounds like. I know it sounds crazy, but the homes are extraordinarily quiet. Yeah, uh, and it's, if you've never experienced one before, when you walk in, it's it's uh, it's like the quietest library you've ever been into. So.
1: <laughs> even with a three-year-old and a six-year-old.
0: Uh, yeah, even with a three-year-old and six-year-old, <laughs> but uh, certainly no no outside noise if you have all the windows closed anyway.
1: Yeah, right. Now, you, you, so you've touched on one of the significant differences there of course other than being a a passive house and and a very high performing house architecturally designed home um, because there are other houses and other owners have blogged about their their story and the journey of building a house but not many people are planning or have opened up their home so yours is essentially designed from the ground up to be sort of an open house for for two years that's that's quite a big um, big commitment
0: Yes, I mean, I mean, I mean, one of the underlying reasons why we're building this is to help New Zealanders build better houses, uh, you know, and have better stock. Um, be it someone building a, a, you know, a high-end beach home or mansion, right down to even, you know, a, um, uh, you know, housing New Zealand type construction. Um, and we believe we've got some things right in this house. We believe that we've, uh, we can, we can do this affordably. Um, but if we can't share that knowledge, if we can't let people see it, touch it, feel it, experience it, then most of what we're doing is just wasted. Sure, we have a nice home, um, but we're not helping anyone else achieve that that same level of comfort and and you know the the healthy environment for our children.
1: What would you say have been the toughest challenges so far? <sighs> There's been a few,
0: um, probably. Finding an architect willing to take this on,
1: right?
0: Uh, you know, the original concepts were sketched up by the University of Auckland by Paola and, and Manfredo. yep. Uh, and uh, but they, you know, they weren't registered in New Zealand to to do full architectural drawings. Uh, they were very busy with with uh, lecturing. Um, so we, you know, we struggled to find an architect willing to take the project on, uh, given the fact that there was going to be some, uh, you know, some donated time to it. Um, we got through that. We found a fantastic uh, um, uh, architects that had won a design competition for a Housing New Zealand house right. Uh, and Right. just out here in East Tamaki. And that, and that appealed to me um, because they were already award-winning. They'd already been focusing on building something that was affordable. Uh, and, you know, they were a small practice and, and they were willing to take it on.
1: And that's uh, S3, is that? S3 architects, S3 yes. s
0: um, You know, Stephen and... and, uh, and and Matt uh, Wilson there uh, have been uh, have been fantastic. Um, the second part, moving on from the architects, was finding someone to build it. Right. Uh, I know this sounds crazy when people are looking for work, but you know we approached all of the mainstream companies pretty much in Auckland, uh, and they weren't interested. They wanted to build their okay, shorter of them a design and build, but you know nothing too out of the ordinary. Yeah. Uh, and most of them just didn't. Well, I didn't even get past the first meeting.
1: Wow, um, is that and, right?
0: and And again finally found a building company that um had been involved in a similar project uh a lady's house had burnt down um insurance wasn't covering it, and he had to work in with uh you know donated materials and suppliers and and it is a far more complicated build when you're doing that way because you just don't order it one day and it turns up the next uh, and He had proved that he had done it he had pulled the community to get together and helped this lady replace her home
1: oh really uh, and
0: that really appealed to us because it's kind of, in a way, it was kind of similar to what we were doing. And it's
1: not not just about you. Yes, and he was
0: looking at the, the bigger picture. Uh, he only built, you know, 10, 12 homes a year, and, and so he's very hands-on. And um, that building company was Palladium Homes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they have been fantastically supportive. And, and we have learned things through this build that, uh, you know, he sometimes he's banging his head against the wall, but, you know, we're learning, and, and the idea is to share that with other people later. So. What
1: do you think um, that says about the building industry if someone as committed as you to this project had to go to that extent to find someone who was willing to step outside of what they normally do
0: it was frustrating um you know here I was I'd been working away for a couple of years on the concept and the idea and uh you know thinking about the the bigger picture of society and things like that and then struggling to find someone to actually build the house was incredibly frustrating uh and um you know, hopefully going forward, maybe this single home won't won't convince those companies to look at it. But maybe if we can do two, three, four, five more, uh, document what we're doing and share that technology and learnings and, and design back to those companies. Um, you know, the goal would be that some of these big mainstream companies that are building two, three, four, five hundred homes a year might might open up a I guess a a branch of uh plans where you say you walk in and say, Okay, here's our, our our cottage plans and our beach house plans and our two story plans and hey, here's our eco plans, you know, here's, yeah. here's another stream of plans that you can look through and I'm um, sure they're a little bit smaller and a little bit maybe a bit more expensive, but you know, hey, they're gonna be a lot more comfortable and they can be more sustainable.
1: What do you think was it mostly that scared the or does scare those other building companies away from a project like this?
0: I, I think uh it's just really the fear of the unknown, uh, and uh, also the concept of airtightness had, you know, right. quite a few of them scared as well. You know, um, which is an unknown the, here. Yeah, it's it's starting <laughs> to take off. You know, but uh, you know, and, and and overseas countries, um you can't get a code of compliance. You can't get a building consent unless you put a blower door on your front door and you you pressurize and depressurize your house and measure it. Yeah, you you can't take possession of the home. Uh, in New Zealand people don't really know what that is. Uh, no. So we're, in many respects, we're very far behind the rest of the world in, in, that, in that area. So, you know, the, you know, the airtightness is something they don't kind of understand. Uh, there's misinformation in the industry and the lack of information, but it's 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 getting there. Uh, and I think, you know, that the time has now come where we're starting to see a bit more of a groundswell with that type of construction.
1: Yeah, right. So you mentioned a few things there already around passive house, airtightness. What would you say the top three uh, features that are the most important for the differentiating the performance of, of this house versus a standard house
0: well the first one which you mentioned is air tightness so this house mm-hmm. has been designed uh, for less than 0.6 air changes uh, an hour uh, and the, you know the average house in New Zealand could be 8 10 12 uh, air changes per hour uh, effectively they're leaking like a sieve. Yep. Um I've had the blower door test. Uh, I've been lucky enough to have it done on on two of the homes I've lived in. Uh and you just walk around and and you really understand when you do one of these tests how your house just leaks like a sieve. Yeah. Uh you know, you walk around with a smoke machine and you see the smoke disappearing out your downlights under your skirting boards through your the vents and your windows that have been put there to drain the condensation out. Uh, under your front door, uh, you name it, the air is just escaping everywhere. And, and the way to think about it is is to tip your home upside down, uh, full, full of hot water, and then watch all that water leak out. And that's essentially what you're doing because hot air rises and if, if you don't make your home airtight, all that energy and all that warm air is just going straight up into the environment. Right. So beyond air tightness, uh high levels of insulation uh, in and in countries overseas and in North America and Europe, you know they're accustomed to putting in very high levels of insulation. uh We're getting there in New Zealand, but uh it's not just about the quantity of insulation, it's the quality of the install uh, and right. it's also around uh some sneaky little tricks like um, a double skin timber wall uh, which is very cost effective but an extremely good way of um, reducing thermal bridging. Uh, and increasing the amount of depth of insulation that you can actually put on your wall without increasing the cost of your pool to lot.
1: You got some diagrams of that up on your, uh, or some photos up on your website?
0: Yes, yeah, we have photos on the website. Uh, we've if got some... Go and check that uh, out. Yeah, we've got some uh, models mocked up in the home, and we'll have when the home is open as well, uh, for right. people to look at it. We'll have cutaways of the wall and how it's been constructed. Awesome. Uh, and, you know, beyond that, it's just good design, you know. Um Good design to reduce thermal breaks. Uh, good design to, you know, move your main windows away from the sun, uh, and to reduce the size of your windows on the south side. I mean, these are all fairly basic, uh, you know, energy efficient type um, building methods. Yep. Um, probably the other key thing, which is very different to uh, um, a lot of New Zealand homes, is a heat exchange ventilation system. Uh, so what this what this system does is it brings in fresh air from outside, not from your ceiling cavity or, or your loft, but it brings in fresh air from outside. It passes that through the, the the warm, stale, moist air from the inside uh, through a heat exchanger and vents that uh, vents that uh, stale air outside. Yep. In uh, doing so, it's keeping anywhere you know ninety to ninety five percent of the heat heat in the home. Uh, and but uh, ninety sure to
1: ninety five. That's quite a high nope. conversion rate.
0: Yes, yeah, I mean, it depends on where you measure it, whether you measure it at the actual uh, heat exchanger or, mm. or, or or within the home. Um, but uh, you know that these units that we're using, that we're using a Zendra, which comes out of Germany, uh, you know, have very very high levels of um, of heat exchange. They are expensive, uh, but uh, they are very effective. And essentially, what what you're using is you're using your body heat uh your cooking your dishwasher um you know your washing machine, all your appliances in the home even the even the heat from your lights that are being outputted essentially that's what's hitting your home uh, right. you know this the ideal house won't need heaters uh it won't need um any form of heating, yet it will maintain twenty degrees Celsius all year, even through the coldest winter nights uh Yes, it does get cold in Auckland, but even through the coldest winter nights,
1: yeah.
0: uh, when there may be a frost outside, uh, the home won't be falling below 20 degrees Celsius at any point.
1: With no heaters on.
0: With no heaters.
1: And th- this is clearly vastly different, for the, this heat exchanger, than uh, what is on 10% of New- existing New Zealand homes, which just blows in air from the roof space.
0: Yeah, I mean, without naming names, uh, you know, these companies have have done very well at um, selling vast numbers of, of ventilation systems, which you know generally take air out of the loft and pump it down into the house. Uh, and you know, there's the, it can help. It, it can force that moist air outside, and it can reduce your condensation. Um, be very careful to. Thinking that it's going to completely eliminate your condensation, but look, it can it can reduce your condensation. Um, you know what what most people don't understand is, well, it's a positive pressure system, so most of those systems are blowing that air outside. Um, you know, so you're paying for heaters, you're paying for heat pumps, you're paying for your heating sources, and then you're forcing that the air outside, yeah. uh, which just doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's just not common sense. So did just you, spend a little bit more money, so yeah, you can get a much better system.
1: Did you have to install a heat a, a true heat recovery system? with that level of air tightness that you were designing for?
0: You can build a passive house uh, or any tight house like this without a ventilation system. Um, But it requires a lot more manual intervention of opening windows and, uh, and, and designing of cross ventilation. Um, You can build a passive house without it, but look, I wouldn't, to be honest, Uh, you know, the idea of going around opening and closing windows um, when you can use a perfectly good ventilation system, just, uh, it just doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now you've, You've given us some some great numbers about the costs. Uh, just to put that in perspective, what's the floor area? Uh,
0: so the home is around two hundred and fifty four square meters. Uh, so it's been designed for four bedrooms uh, and two bathrooms, and it's got uh, three you know three living spaces. Essentially, a small sitting room, a large lounge, uh, and a small kids area, which is off the off the bedrooms. Uh, so I would estimate that it's probably going to cost us around about 10% premium over a uh, uh, over an existing build, a normal build. Uh, and another way of thinking about that is if you were going to be building a 280 square meter house, you know, take 10-15% off that size, and you can build a you know pretty amazing home. If you're going to be building a 220 square meters, you know, think about maybe putting a little bit more high state in here or there, or, or some more efficient design, and maybe build a 200 square meter home. Mm. Uh, and if you think about those 20 square meters you've you've shaved down from a 220 to a 200 you know at $2000 a square meter you've got $40,000 you can invest in renewables and design and uh and, and some very smart things for the house.
1: You can buy a lot of renewables with that these days.
0: Uh, you can buy a lot you can buy a lot of insulation, a lot of renewables. Okay, maybe it won't get you up to a full passive house, uh but it's going to be it's going to be pretty close.
1: Was that 250 for um was that including garage or excluding? That's including a garage, uh, yeah.
0: which is actually for our home for the ideal house is actually outside the thermal envelope. So um so it's more around that sort of probably two fifteen, two twenty. Uh right. excl excluding the car parking.
1: And uh you said ten 20- percent premium above the standard bill, but you're not gonna have any power bills, are you? Uh
0: I believe we will have a line rental charge. Uh we can't oh, that's, avoid that that's because annoying. we <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we are uh, look, we're grid tied. Um, we decided not to put a, ba- a battery system in uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, we're grid tied, so during the day we produce electricity from our uh, photovoltaic panels, our PV panels. Yep. Uh, we feed that into the grid during the day, and at night time we, we draw that electricity back, or someone's electricity back out of the grid again at night time. Yeah. Uh, it's at a cheaper price, so we have to produce more than what we use at night because we don't, we can't buy it. Uh, you know, we can't sell it for as uh, the same price as what we buy it for. Yep.
1: Um.
0: But we should never have a, I guess, an electricity bill. Not maybe not a power bill. We never have an electricity bill.
1: Yeah, yeah. In terms of the the project and and finishing up, you um, moving in, uh, getting getting settled in there. What are you most looking forward to? Uh
0: probably the gardening. <laughs> believe it really? or not, yeah. I'm I'm a pretty avid gardener, and yeah. uh, I've been renting for we've been renting for two years. Uh, to build this, you know, I sold a house and we uh, uh we've been we moved out and took the the leap of faith that we could actually build one of these things. And um, I've really missed the gardening, to be honest.
1: Yeah, right. So you're sick of mowing other people's lawns.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, but uh, we are um, you know, we're gonna put on some pretty significant gardens, and yeah. uh, you know, as part of the homestar requirements for the house. Uh, has really encouraged us to look at uh, you know, gardening for producing for composting and yeah. we're putting in a lot of, a lot of native plants as well
1: and and I mean that's not to be underestimated too because the garden is something that uh, you can build up over time and watch it grow and develop and, and really add not just real value but lifestyle value as well in, in, on your with your own um, <laughs> labor of love so I, I you know, gardens are important I think in that, in that context
0: yeah, I mean we're we're going for a organic gardens, we're going for a lot of uh food producing plants. And yep. the idea is to get local schools in to show them. There's a fantastic program uh that's called Garden to Table that yep. we're you know we're we're engaging with. Um right. and, and uh somehow would like to be tied in with our program and, and, and encourage the local schools to visit our composting and our worm farms and uh all of our organic gardens.
1: They can come and visit along with everyone else. They can come they can and steal open. some blueberries. <laughs> So for someone, anyone who's just starting out on a new builder or a or a significant renovation, what advice would you give to them?
0: I would probably encourage them to, um, you know, to have a look what a Passive House program is. It may or may not be for them, depending on their budget. Uh, past that, definitely look at Homestar, um, run by the New Zealand Green Building Council, I think. Uh, even if they don't go for a rating scheme, to go through the process uh, and to understand all the you know the parts of the home, uh, that'll feed into the I guess the the overall living experience of the home and the performance of the home.
1: Yep.
0: Uh, definitely encourage people to look at the Home Star program. Nice. Um, beyond that, um, you know, think about little simple things like downlights. Do so you need to build a perfectly nice house, then um, you know, fire a shotgun at your ceiling and let all that air out. Uh you know, if you're gonna put down lights in, then make sure that they uh, you know, they can be covered over with insulation, that the LED and that they're you know fully certified to be covered over. Um, yeah, it's a very, very simple way of reducing um a lot of heat loss. Yep. Um probably another some other key things is uh look if you use a lot of hot water, which most families do is look at something like a hot water heat pump. Uh I personally think that they're worth their weight in gold and uh, would always put in a hot water heat pump. Now I've I've experienced one in a previous house. Yep. Uh, we reduced our yeah, electricity down from about $100 a month to down to about $30 a month for producing hot water, and it was just a uh, fantastic saving
1: on your hot water bill.
0: On the hot on the hot water uh, component of our of our bill.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is uh, that is significant. Um, and I'm sure there are many other tips and and tricks that you've learnt which uh, people can find on your website, and we'll soon be able to come and come and see in. In for real, for real life <laughs> in the house um, where do people go to find out more at the moment
0: ok the blog which uh, myself and uh, my wife Leanne are running is uh, www.idealhouse.org so that's O-R-G Yep. Uh, and there you'll find information about the products we've used and uh, some of the details on the construction. There's a forum there to ask questions, and, and we can feed information back to people if they're looking at a photo and they don't understand what that is or what it means. And certainly they can they can uh, approach us through that forum as well.
1: Right, and we'll make we'll put a link up to that so people can people can find it. And finally, uh, if you got a book recommendation.
0: Probably the the best book, uh, which we looked at during the process, was one we we borrowed from the University of Auckland, um, simply called Passive Houses uh, by Chris Van Ufflen, Uh, I'll spell that for you, it's U-F-F-E-L-E-N, and it's quite distinctive because on the front of it it has a passive house that was built in France, uh, and it's clad in bamboo and has these big shutters, and it's quite an iconic uh, building. Uh, If you're interested in eco-building and passive houses, it's an iconic build. Uh, and um, and through that book, uh, passive houses, you know, there's some fantastic examples of these homes being uh, built around the world.
1: Great. I'll uh, make sure we link up to that as well. So um, thanks heaps for your time, Murray. We, we've rushed on through and kind of out of time, but I'd love to follow the closing stages of the project and um, maybe um, get you back on the show once you do get closer to to finishing off. You got a, a finishing date at this stage?
0: Yes, we uh, thank you for your time, Matthew. We uh, started the build in sort of late September, and we're uh, last year two thousand and thirteen, uh, and our finishing date we're looking around the end of April, uh, probably uh, probably early May now uh, and then uh, we'll be running a series of open homes and and open days uh, to allow people to come and uh, and uh, come and view the house and take an electric car for a spin. We've got an electric car charger in the home, and they awesome. can take a car for a spin and and uh, just experience it for themselves.
1: Right. Hey, well, thank you very much and good luck for the, the final stage of the build. Great. Thank you, Matthew. Well, there you go. That was Murray Durbin from Ideal House. And I'm very glad to have been able to bring that uh, interview to you. Been hoping to record a, a conversation with Murray for a while because I've been tracking their project uh, through Homestar for a little while and also just checking out their website, um, a great project, and really uh, take my hat off to the work that's gone on behind that, both uh, Matt Wilson at S3 Architects and, and all the teams that have been involved with that project. And I think it's going to be a really exciting place to go and visit. Uh, the fact that they are opening it up for that two-year uh, period after it's been completed I think is, is very... Um, very noble and I hope will be effective in changing a few people's attitudes to some of the things that they're building into the project. So three key learnings from me from that interview. One, Murray reckons about a 10% premium on a standard build and I liked what he said there about Ways to overcome that, if that's a barrier for going above that uh, price point, then one one way, simple way to reduce that back down to the same price as a standard build is, is just to shave a little bit off. Uh, do you really need to build a 280 square metre house? Uh, theirs is 250 with the garage, um, which is still a reasonable size, four bedrooms, two bathrooms. Um, so that's what they estimate will be above a, a standard build. And you've also got to factor into that that they'll effectively have no power bills other than the line rental, uh, and other utility bills. I imagine will be very very small as well. Uh, secondly, the first priority for them, or the biggest difference that uh, in terms of performance features, was air tightness. And I was interested. I was really interested in what Murray would would uh, would say for this because I know that there are. Other significant factors like the insulation levels, triple glazing, which we didn't talk about, um, obviously the orientation and, and a few different systems, uh, very innovative floor design. Check out the, the website for more information on their, their floor. Uh, but the number one thing that he thinks is going to make the difference to the performance is airtightness, which is not something that we typically think about or do very well uh, in New Zealand. And number three, I think the key learning from his experience in trying to uh, find a designer and find a builder was that you need to look around. Um, And Obviously, they had some pretty open and honest meetings early on when they were trying to find both a designer and then a builder. And I think that's important to let those people know what your expectations are for your project and let them know what they're getting into. And also, obviously, how important it is and how rewarding it can be to do a bit of looking around and find someone who is going to be compatible with that project and who's going to buy into it uh, who's going to be willing to step out outside what maybe they're used to or or ideally you, you do find someone that is used to doing a, a high performance home uh, but that's a, a key um, component of of the success of the project and if you are a designer or a builder then there's obviously a market opportunity there because they did have to do quite a lot of searching before they found those people. So if you are in that space of wanting to design better houses, and if you listen to the show, you probably are, and if you're a builder who's wanting to get into projects like this, then um, make some noise about it. Let people know that you're out there and and distinguish yourself with that difference because I think it is a growing opportunity. And that's really what this show is all about, is encouraging people to ask for that level of performance and trying to match up those customers with you, good builders and designers out there. And on that note, we will close off this episode. I hope you enjoy that. I will link up the uh, Murray's website, which is idealhouse.org, and also his book recommendation, which was uh, Passive Houses by Chris Van Ufelen. Um, Both great resources. So I'll check uh, uh, check out the website homestylegreen.com and we'll find links to those episodes thank you very much for listening would love to get your comments thoughts feedback on this episode and others comments at homestylegreen.com uh, until next time thanks very much for listening i'm matthew cutler welsh and have a great week oh just before i go a quick update on natalie's kickstarter campaign which we launched a week ago it's over at slash book Uh, it's a great read it's going to be an awesome resource for anyone with a family so if you know one know someone who is uh got young kids or is about to have young children or is a parent or has a family then it would be a great uh we'd love it if you could support that campaign um head on over to ifonlytheytoldme.com book and you can check out an awesome video there and pledge or share the link would be much appreciated. Cheers, bye.